Okay, Bismillahirrahmanirrahim. Alhamdulillahi Rabbil Alameen. Allahumma salli wa sallim wa barak la nabiyyina Muhammad wa ala alihi wa sahbihi ajma'in. Allahumma la sahla illa ma ja'altahu sahla wa anta tajlul hazna. Ida shi'la sahla. Allahumma a'inna ala dhikrika wa shukrika wa husna ibadatik. Ya Rabbil Kareem. Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. Right, folks. The first thing that I need to know is whether the volume is good. That's the first thing. Okay. Oh my goodness. No way did I just, absolutely no way did I think what just happened, happened. And the emergency caller just got, yeah, they put out that. <laughs> Unbelievable. Unbelievable. I have a feeling that it might have even cut the feed. Okay, now it's back. Sorry guys, that was me, Yanni, trying to straighten the camera and I think I called Yanni the coppers. Okay, <laughs> Right, so the first question is, is that are we okay with the sound? Are we, because we're trying out a few things. Uh, what's the volume like? Because we've got lots of people complaining. Can you hear the AC? Can you, uh, can you hear any disturbing uh, anything? Uh, and no one has to turn up the sound for anything? Shazad Salim, is it better than what it was before when we were doing the test? Let's make sure that we get everything uh, thinking, no white noise, that's a good sign. Uh, all right, okay, Khlas Bilal is the one who writes the most notes, so if he's the one who says it's all good, then it's all good. All right, so today, inshallah, we're going to carry on in the text. Someone post me the, uh, the text, Shazad Salim, where is it, man? Uh, study material. No, it's not in study material. Or someone post a text. We are in the section of the prayer according to the Hanabila not being uh, uh, valid behind the Fasiq. Walaikum salam wa rahmatullah anti Shakila. Hope you're well. Um, and we, we, obviously, we spoke about the, um, the evidences. For the, for the, it's all the way at the bottom. Not on my text, it's not. For some reason. Yeah, I don't have Shazad's first uh, comment. Right. So. Uh, where are we? Where are we? We are. وَلَا تَسِحُوا خَلْفَ فَاسِقٍ كَكَافِرٍ وَلَا خَلْفَ مِرَأَةٍ وَلَا خُنْثَ لِلْرِّجَالِ وَلَا صَبِيٍ لِبَالِغْ وَلَا أَخْرَسْ وَلَا أَخْرَسْ وَلَا عَاجِزٍ عن, عَنْ رُقُوعٍ أَوْ سُجُودٍ أَوْ قُعُودٍ أَوْ قِيَامٍ إِلَّا إِمَامَ الْحَيِّ الْمَرْجُ وَزَوَالِ عِلَّتِهِ Okay, that's enough for today's uh, uh, section. So, the prayer is invalid when it's offered behind an evildoer, such as a disbeliever, okay, a woman, a hermaphrodite for male followers, a child for someone who's post-pubescent, a mute person, and then six, the sixth kind of category, one who, one who cannot bow, prostrate, sit, or stand unless he is the local Imam who is expected to recover. It is recommended that they pray behind him seated. 
If he starts the prayer while standing, but then has to sit down due to a problem, they must complete the prayer standing. Well, we're not going to cover that today. That's going to be next week. All right, so that's the, that's the text of, uh, of today, inshallah. Okay, uh, let me just... Uh, let me just... No. Okay. All right. So we're at the bottom of page... Well, actually, we're at the top of page 218. Okay? And where this is, is, is effectively discussing the, the evidences of this idea that the fasiq, uh, that his, it's not valid to pray behind one. And obviously, you know, I mean, that's a massive statement if you just think about it, especially because... Every any guy and his dog is a fasik these days. So, you know, I mean, that's causing a situation. And he actually says that. He actually, Sheikh uh, Sheikh says that, meaning that, that this is incorrect. Sheikh Uthameen says that for us to rubbish this argument, it's the only option that we have. Right? We have, like, by necessity, we've got to, like, get rid of this option on the table or this statement. Okay? Because if we put this position upon the people that it's not valid to pray behind the fasiq, مَا وَجَدْنَا إِمَامًا يَصْلُحْ لِلْإِمَامَةِ إِلَّا نَادِرًا We won't even be able to find an imam يعني, to lead the people except in a very, very rare kind of situation. All right? Um, uh, Sheikh makes an interesting point. He goes, when we're speaking about the... Uh, when, we're, when we're refuting their argument, saying that, of course, it's permissible to pray behind the fasiq, um, we are talking because the person who sins in normal life, day-to-day -day life, is a sinner, is a sinner in normal day-to-day -day life. But if he does some kind of disobedience, some sin, some significant sin, okay, for example, he intentionally does something in the prayer that would invalidate the prayer. So he's sinning yani, against the prayer, inside the prayer, and with the prayer. Then there is not permissible to pray behind this man. Then the Hanabila are right. Because actually, his prayer is invalid. And anyone's individual's prayer that's invalid, then the people behind that prayer then is going to be invalid as well. Because he's done something which is haram in the prayer. Because the ma'asiyatihi tata'alluqu bis salah. But if it is a if the sin is outside the prayer, then that's his own problem and you know, it's not going to affect the prayer. Um, Sheikh wants to actually look at the evidences. So he says, as for those folks that said that, the, um, uh, that the, it's not permissible to pray, uh, then what is the evidences? The first is this hadith, لا يؤمن فاجر مؤمنة that let not a believer be led by a fajr, by a criminal. Okay? Hadith narrated by Ibn Majah, Hadith 1878. And this uh, hadith, Shaykh Uthameen says, this hadith is daif. And there's no doubt about that. This hadith is weak. Okay? He goes, however, even if we consider it to be authentic, even if it's mm -hmm. something that we'll accept, then the intention by the word fajr in this hadith, the word yani fajr, right? is kafir. That's the intention in the hadith. So, first of all, the hadith of let not a believer be led by a fajr, the hadith is weak, so we can't use it for evidence. But let's just assume for the sake of argument that it is authentic, and we accept this authenticity, then what we're going to say is that actually the intent by the word fajr is kafir. Is that possible? Yes, because Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says in 
سورة الانفطار إن الأبرار لفي نعيم وإن الفجارة لفي جحيم right? يصلونها يوم الدين وما هم عنها بغائبين So the, the abarar, the righteous, the pious, the happy are going to be in delight لفي نعيم وإن الفجارة لفي جحيم As for the criminals then they will be in الجحيم the 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 uh, hellfire, the spitting and roaring hellfire, yaslonaha yomadin. They will enter it on the day of Adin. That's the day of judgment. And here's the key: wamahum anha bighaibin. They will not be able to escape. And that is, of course, that characteristic of only the kuffar, because the fasiqin will, of course, be able to escape. That's the whole uh, belief of Ahlul Sunnah wal Jama'ah. Our whole yani aqidah is based upon. That, uh, that sins are forgiven or expiated. You either burn them off or you get them uh, uh, forgiven. How much do how much, you think I'll pay to get him to drink something? Huh? Yani, my guy's coughed how many times? What? 26 times? Yeah. No, no, don't go over there. Just drink something. Yeah, absolutely. Say, Qasim. It's not even a cough yet. It's the habit. Okay, you can stay there, don't worry. Um, so. Um, so here it's, 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 it's clear that the word fajr is being used. kafir. This is the key that the criminal that is not يعني, um, that the criminal who is not going to be able to escape jahannam is a kafir, right? Um, as for the fajr that has iman, he will be able to escape. And also Allah Subhanahu wa Taala says kalla. إن كتاب الفجار لفي سجين وما أدراك ما سجين كتاب مرقوم ويل يوم إذل المكذبين الذين يكذبون بيوم الدين right so this is the the full كافر uh, uh, that uh, Allah says كلا إن كتاب الفجار لفي سجين that um, the list of the evil ones is in سجين the كتاب يعني the, the, the full list of who they are what they did Etc. 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 Okay, it is in Sijin. and what will let you, what will make you know what Sijin is? It is a clear list, and that that, that has them. Woe then be upon those who denied, those who denied the day of judgment. So that's the fujar. So here this ayah makes it clear in Surah Mutafifin, verse seven to eleven, that the fujar, the word fajr is sometimes used for kafir. So therefore. There is no evidence in this. There's not, no evidence in the hadith. There's no evidence in, in anything else. And therefore, that's it. And whenever something can be possible to be considered one way or the other, when a word could be careful, could be not, then you can't then use it as an evidence. If there's a possibility that a word can be understood in two ways, you can't then use it in one with absolute yani, certainty. Even at the top of page 219, folks, Al-Qawl al-Rajih, that the, the, the strongest position is that it is valid to pray behind the uh, fasik. Okay, so if you pray, so this is this is good. You love this one. So therefore, he goes. If you then pray behind a person who shaves his beard, or uh, who smokes, or who eats riba, or does zina, or steals, then his prayer is uh, uh, valid. His prayer and the prayer of the person valid. He goes. However. You put forward the one who's lesser criminal. So the one that shortens his beard, Yani, should lead the prayer compared to the one Yani who shaves the beard. 
hardcore, you know, like, absolute hardcore. What's wrong with shortening your bed? Honestly, man, no messing about. So we're in trouble, boys. We're in trouble. That's it. No, forget Egyptians, man. Don't pick on Egyptians. What are you picking on Egyptians for? If these people could recite like the Egyptians and lead like the Egyptians, anyway. Um, now, Sheikh wants to now describe, uh, discuss the issue of kafirin, like a kafir. So he's saying that the, the author is like saying it's not uh, uh, valid to pray behind the fasik like the kafir. What does that mean, kafirin? The only way to understand that is to understand it is not permissible to pray behind the fasik like it's not permissible to pray behind the kafir. That's the only possible way that we can interpret this statement. And then if that's what he means, if that is indeed his intent, then that's a massive out there statement which really needs some support. Because, uh, and this will be useful for usul, right? For your usul exam. The, the author here, he, يعني, Otherwise known as In Bab al-Qiyas, what's this called? What's, 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 what is this called? When someone يعني, That's which is naqis, it's a qiyas which is not, 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 not possible. So, فَأَرَادَ أَنْ يَقِيسَ الْفَاسِقَ عَلَى الْكَافِرِ He wants to try to make an analogy between the fasiq and the kafir. But يعني, they're two completely different things. Their illa is not the same. وَمِنْ شَرْطِ صِحَّةِ الْقِيَاسِ التَّسَاوِي الْأَصْلِ وَالْفَرَعِ فِي الْعِلَّةِ لِأَجْلِ أَنْ يَتَسَاوِي أو لِأَجْلِ أَنْ يَتَسَاوِيَا فِي الْحُكَمِ so if the two things um, are, uh, uh, they differ in the reason that makes them what they are, the key, yani illa, exactly, the qiyas without the same illa, then the qiyas is invalid. There are two massive differences between the fajr and the kafir, or the fasiq and the kafir. Because the kafir, his prayer is not valid, whereas a fasik's prayer is valid. So how can you compare the two? It's ma'al fariq, it's absolutely not possible. Um, Sheikh then says that if a person is going to be led by the kafir in the prayer, he's just playing around with his deen. He wants beats, basically. And who could be so stupid to put yani, a kafir forward to, uh, 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 you know, to do that? Um, so that's not even possible. His prayer is invalid. How can that even be possible? As for Fasiq, then his prayer is, is, is uh, valid. And, and we have a rule, and this is a qaida. Anybody whose prayer is, is valid in of itself intrinsically is intrinsically permissible to lead others as well. This will become useful in a few other chapters in a minute. Okay, a few other categories. Okay? وَالْأَصْلُ أَنَّ مَنْ صَحَّتْ صَلَاتُهُ صَحَّتْ إِمَامَتُهُ لِأَنَّ الْإِمَامَةِ فَرْعٌ عَنِ الصَّلَاةِ Yani the imama, the, the lead, the prayer is a part of the actual, I said the word part, yani, uh, what we saw in the uh, shop today, born part, in the baby section. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> you know, we came to the kids section, yeah, it said, it said, qismul walada, yeah, and it said, no, it said, qismul walad walish, you know, I forgot, awlad? 
You know, I forgot what it said, but anyway, it said, <laughs> it said born part. <laughs> anyway, so the salah is part, part uh, translated as born part. The salah is part of, the, the imamah is part of the prayer. How can the prayer be correct and not the imamah be correct? Yani, طبعاً, the prayer is the bigger thing. To lead someone in the prayer is just a minor aspect of the prayer. So once the prayer is authentic, then the leading of it is uh, uh, authentic as well. All right, so anyway, wallahu alam. Now Sheikh wants to put a few mas'alas forward, okay? A few issues, a few scenarios and situations. He goes, um, for example, a kafir, obviously not allowed yani, to pray behind him, right? And that's regardless of whether his kufr is in i'tiqad, or bilqawl, or bilfi'l, or bilterk. Okay, for i'tiqad, so ideologically, a belief. Alright, if he's a kafir from, because of his belief, because for example he thinks that there is a second deity to worship, like Jesus or the Holy Spirit or whatever. And then by statement, alright, so he does kufr by statement, bilqawl, and yastahzi billaha aw rasulihi, that he yani, mocks Allah or his messenger or a messenger of his or his religion, whoever does something like that. Yeah, and he, then he is a kafir, even if he prays. The third way is by action. Alaikum salam, Hassan. Nice to see you, bro. Um, the fi'l is, for example, prostrating to that other than Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, directing worship towards someone other than Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Now, obviously, there's more discussion in this because a person might be doing that out of culture, not yani, intending any worship whatsoever. And then that turns into a very, very serious sin. Some scholars will still call that kufr, but the majority of orthodox scholars will say this is like a very, very serious sin, or a bid'ah or kafara, or a sin which is on its way yani, to becoming kufr and got to be warned against. Unless you're, of course, the people of that bid'ah, then of course you think it's something great, right? And then the fourth category, how you can become a kafir, is by a, by a terk, okay? Terk meaning that he, you leave it. Um, you leave something, right? You leave out something. For example, leaving out the prayer. Tarka salah, for example. Lakin, Sheikh says, إِذَا كَانَ كُفْرُهُ بِتَرْكِ الصَّلَاةِ ثُمَّ صَلَّى Yani, if his kufr was because he's left the prayer, if he prays, he's become Muslim again. Meaning because it's like you took shahada again. Right? So, uh, so he says, لَكِنَّهُمْ قَالُوا إِنَّهُ in, this, is, this is classic fiqh bakwas now, okay? لَكِنْ Some of them said, some of the scholars said, إِنَّهُ حِينَ تَكْبِيرَةِ الْإِحْرَامِ كَافِرٌ لِأَنَّهُ لَا يُسْلِمْ إِلَّا إِذَا صَلَّى وَعَلَى هَذَا فَلَا تَشِحُّ الصَّلَاةُ وَخَلْفِ الْكَافِرِ بِتَرْكِ الصَّلَاةِ You understand what, what the point is? Yani basically, no, that's not possible. That's not right to use that example that if he prays then he's okay because at the time that he said takbiratul ihram and you were about to follow and when he said Allahu Akbar, he was a kafir and you were following a kafir. So if he does wudu, is he a kafir? لا يحفظ الوضو إلا مؤمن As the hadith is, right? The Prophet ﷺ said that no one yani, preserves and protects their wudu, does the wudu properly except that he's a believer. Is he a... A believer when he makes wudu? No, I don't think so. I think that the issue is not a big act of worship that's making you Muslim. The issue here is that he leaves off the prayer 
or denies it or leaves it out of laziness as the Hanabila obviously you know they, they accept or Shaykh Uthameen anyway and therefore you're a kafir as a result of that if you restart the prayer then clearly you're not leaving it off anymore so there is some kind of assumption that he's made shahada or he says I'm a Muslim or whatever beforehand it's not don't think of it like what if he does sadaqah what if he what if he you know does wudu does he become Muslim no if you're a kafir then you have to become Muslim by making the shahada and then what the sheikh here is giving the example of is to reverse the act which is making you a kafir. You know what I'm saying? That's the, that's the, the, the idea. Anyway. وَنَحْنَ عَلَمُونَ لَا يُمْكِنَنْ يُصَلِّ مُسْلِمٌ خَلْفَ كَافِرٌ Like in Ufurda, he goes, listen, we know that nobody's going to be praying behind a kafir. The real question should be, what happens if a man prays behind someone and doesn't know he's a kafir and he's a kafir? That's the question we should be answering. Because nobody is going to rock up to a kafir and say, yeah, I'm praying behind you. Right? Uh, so he prays behind a kafir, doesn't realize that until after the prayer. He realizes he basically prayed behind some kuf, yeah? And he's like, what's happened there? Right? So, it's interesting that you said to me about this um, uh, rabbi, Jew, whatever, being at Uhud. Because I see a video where this, uh, in Michigan, in the Shia mosque, yeah, where the, uh, the Jewish rabbi was giving it a full behavior. It must have been some interfaith kind of event where he's like, you know, but he was like proper giving it all, you know, standing up, which not a million miles off their own, like, you know, their own, their own version as well. So, well, it is a million miles off, but it's not millions and millions of miles off. Is that the thingy? Oh, is it, guy? Tell him, tell him it's only a baby. Tell him it's only a baby. Kadeh, it's only a baby, bro. You've never seen one of those before. Anyway. What was I saying? Um, right. So, Sheikh uh, saying, do we now need to make this guy pray again? Does he need to repeat his prayer? That we now know that he, he uh, prayed behind the kafir. The answer is, uh, some of the scholars said that he doesn't repeat the prayer because he has an excuse. He didn't know. Right? And then there are others that said, no, he must repeat the prayer because from the validity of the prayer, from the conditions of the prayer, is that the guy has got to be Muslim. It doesn't matter whether he knew or no, didn't know, whether he was, yani, whatever. He's got to repeat the prayer. Sheikh goes, you know what, what would be nice if someone says, yani, and adds a little bit more detail, and say that if the sign of his kufr is obvious, then the prayer is not valid. But if it was something that you can't tell, or there was no obvious reason that he's kafir, okay, then, 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 yeah, then you're okay. Okay? Would this be anywhere similar to praying behind an imam who thought that he had wudu and then after the Exactly that. Exactly that. Yeah, and that's the same as praying behind an imam who thought he had wudu and then afterwards he realized he doesn't. Right? Where the difference is, where the difference is, 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 is what if he tells everybody whilst everybody's still there? Right? That's where the scholars are different now. Like, if the, if the imam doesn't tell anybody, there's no, no question about that, right? 
the real, the, 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 this scenario comes up because the Imam, he realizes, and he, after like half an hour when he gets home, and I was thinking there's a hundred people there now, what do I do? Do I, you know, post on the, on the mosque WhatsApp group, say, boys, everyone who just came here and for salah, I never had wudu. That's when the scholars like, right, well, now you know, do you need to pray the prayer again? And many of them say no, and I don't think you need to. You did what you needed to do and finished and is done according to what was known, and he has the problem. So, anyway, I, think, I like this position. Now, what's really interesting is that if you were speaking about, like, like at this time, the sign of his kufr could be just white skin. <coughs> right? Is this a white man? Why is he going to be Muslim? Now, that, that wouldn't work in, in, in our countries. There's so many converts, so many different people. You know what I'm saying? So, um, and I don't mean like Albanian skin or, you know, whatever skin. I mean like white man, white man, right? You can tell straight away this is European, white. You know, they look very different, yeah? And uh, so I actually think that even though what Sheikh Uthameen says is correct, and he, of course he didn't talk about what the signs of kufr are, but I'm saying that culturally, I think many of us would just go straight for color, Right? And that's just not valid enough. It's not. There are so many people now that people make the mistake for thinking that they're Muslim and they're not Muslim, or vice versa, or vice versa. So I like what Sheikh says that uh, if he is unable to work out what's going on or he didn't know, then his prayer is valid. That's it. If he didn't know, then his prayer is valid. Another mas'ala. If the uh, Fasiq, who's the Imam, Fasiq now, not Kafir, it's not possible to kind of fix him up. Not, not possible to straighten him out. Okay? For example, someone who is a ruler. Hajjaj bin Yusuf. Or someone who's like a proper dictator ruler, like Hajjaj bin Yusuf. Is it permissible to pray behind him? Um, we obviously have, we say that it's no problem, it's okay. But the Hanbalis, what do they say? According to the Madhab, it's not, of, not valid to pray behind this Imam. Even the guy that you can't fix up. Even the one that you can't fix up. Other than in two exceptions. What do you think the exceptions are? Juma and Eid. Juma and Eid. If it's impossible for him to pray, this guy to pray behind the Imam, or another Imam, or pray somewhere else, Jum'ah or Eid, okay? For example, in their country, they're only doing one Jum'ah for the Jum'ah, one Jum'ah for the Eid, which is actually the Sunnah, right? Then it is okay to pray behind this person. It's okay to pray behind this person. Even the Madhab accept that. Even the Madhab, okay? Um, as for Sheikh, then he puts a question. He goes, and if there's only one masjid in the entire land, and he is the one that can't be changed, and he's a fasiq, but it's not Jum'ah or Eid, it's one of the normal prayers, do you pray behind him? According to the Hanbalis, you pray by yourself. Not allowed to pray behind this guy. According to the Hanbalis, okay? The, 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 the official position of the Madhab. Well, of course, there are other narrations in the Madhab as well. You're not allowed to pray behind him, but as Sheikh said, the correct position though, and our class position, is that it is allowed to pray behind this person, 
no problem at all. All right, right, let's take a couple of questions. Like wearing a chain with a cross, for example. Yeah, that's a clear sign, exactly. Yeah. If the Imam realizes he doesn't have wudu during the prayer, does he finish the prayer without wudu and then repeats his prayer individually? No, never, never. It is absolutely from the kabair, from the major sins, man or woman, leading the prayer, and they realize they don't have wudu and they carry on. This is a huge sin, like on a whole different level. This is playing with the religion, not allowed. You must break the prayer there and then because you're not praying. You can't play around with the prayer. This is, some of these scholars even said that to do this is an act of kufr. Right? It's an act of kufr to, to be continuing, even because you're worried about the reputation, they're going to say this, that, whatever. Why is everyone going to the negative? Not everybody passes wind in the prayer. Most folks just realize, sugar, I didn't make wudu. You don't need to make, you don't need to worry about people and feel embarrassed that they're going to think the worst. They should be thinking the best. That, you know, and you can turn around and say things as well. I ain't got wudu. Yeah, I've done that. I've turned around. I said, guys, Hudayfi, of course, very famously in Medina. You see the, you see, oh, you haven't seen her? Sugar man, the most famous, huh? Yeah. <laughs> see, and that's what you do, you give instructions. You either, yeah, well, actually, he wasn't praying. He hadn't started the prayer. Oh, did he? Oh, he didn't read anything. Sorry, correct, correct, correct. Yes, yeah, 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 yeah. He didn't read anything, correct. Yeah. Have I seen another one where he did it while everyone was standing for the, after the iqamah? Anyway, the point is, is that in, anyway, you just... <laughs> yeah, I love that. In <laughs> That's like some gangster. Some... Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. The video is a classic, right? It must be seen, it's, I think it's seen like 100 million times or something. Yeah. So you communicate, you tell, you tell the people this is the situation and uh, if you know that it's going to be a bit long then you, we've already covered this in one of the years by the way guys, yeah, in one of the LP years, you tell someone behind that yeah, you come forward and lead the prayer etc etc. You must go and then that person comes back and whether he prays later or whether he comes back and he starts the prayer again yani as, as a follower, thana, okay. So idea says, if someone is praying salah in congregation and a sister was leading, and then she discovers after that she started menstruating and told, told those who were praying behind her they would not need to make it up. And this is, as I said, the same question as I just mentioned about the wudu the, uh, just a few minutes ago. That there is a discussion amongst the scholars and it's not very clear. On one hand, you did everything right. Why do you need to be doing it again? And that would be good enough if you get told after the act has been complete. But if there's no difference that during the act, something has to happen. Okay, during the act, something has to like think about this now, guys. Yeah, think about it. In fact, before I tell you, what do you think? What do you think the evidences are, and how do you develop a case for whether you should pray again or not again or whatever? After it's finished, no, no, you, all the scenarios debate it. Like, go on what, during the prayer, during the prayer, yeah. Okay, now I'm talking about the guy behind. Yes. Tell me everything from his point of view, not from the menstruating or the one who's got no wudu or the one who's kafir or whatever. Forget them. They're going to deal with their prayer, yeah? All right? Afterwards. Well, let's just talk to, let's speak about from the person who is uh, following. Like if you and I the imam yeah. is, for example, kafir. Uh, this is say menstruating. Oh, okay. So ladies, yeah, they realize that she's menstruating. Or men and women behind an imam who's lost wudu. How are you developing the argument? Yeah, 
Mid prayer. Let's start with mid prayer, yeah. Before the prayer is obvious, yeah, we haven't started, we have to go and get a new imam or whatever, yeah? What about in the middle of the prayer? Okay. So the prayer continues. Okay, what about after the prayer? So after the prayer, there's two scenarios. After the prayer, straight after the prayer, whilst you're there, and then afterwards, where... Like, not even a day later, half an hour later, meaning you've gone. The key is not about the time, it's that you've gone. Right? I would liken it to, like, Sajjah Sahul. Okay. Like how they say that if, if, if you're still within the masjid and you haven't left and the people are still around and you remember who you should just go to bed and yes. do it. Yes. Okay. So then you could kind of apply the same thing here. You realize you don't have a wall. You tell everyone to wait for people to come back and then. What's the difference between Sajjah Sahul, the rules that you just mentioned, which is this is like Sajjah Sahul, that if you've got time, then you fix it. And uh, if you don't, then what? You pray again. Okay. So, you can make a qiyas on the Sajjah Sahu? Are you ready to make the qiyas on the Sajjah Sahu? Is there a fariq? Is there a difference? Between a person who's praying by himself, makes a mistake, Sajjah Sahu, person praying behind somebody else, etc., etc. I think there's a huge fariq. Correct. Why was it invalid in the first place? Which one? You mean behind the imam? Behind the imam. So, you, so okay. So then, uh, uh, if that's the difference that you're talking about, that's the difference you're talking about as well? I, I was talking about that. Like, there's just nothing in the prayer when it comes to so when, when the person is not praying. It's just, I mean, imagine you're well. Okay, so let's just imagine like, you said the person, for example, he forgot to do the tashahud, the first tashahud. Yes? So he's got to now do the sajda. Yeah? He forgets to do sajda. Yeah? Then he realizes, like, you know, hours later. We talk about they don't. Yeah. They don't have to repeat the prayer. Why not? Not a rukun, but an obligation that needs to be fulfilled by a. Needs to be fixed by a. Sajjah Sahu. And if you don't do Sajjah Sahu, then we have a, a thingy prayer. So if the person is outside of the of the urf of the prayer, outside the time of the prayer, and he's not being able to fix the prayer, then he has to repeat the prayer because the prayer itself has not been offered. The key obligation has not been offered. Remember, an obligation has to be offered or fixed with the sajda sahu. Right? I mean, I can make it rukan if it makes it easier, right? But the thing is that you have to do the rukan anyway. There is a difference between the rukan and the sharq and so on. This Sa'adiya Talay has basically said it, the, the, what, the, what I'm thinking. She says the difference is because in the Sajjah Sahu case, we are responsible for our own salah. Right? You are praying your own prayer and you have introduced a significant deficiency which is fixable, under your control, whatever. Whereas behind the imam, we give the responsibility to the imam. I think there is a difference. So, okay, tell me, yani, what, if the, what if the imam is there? What if he turns around and he goes, guys, you know what? I don't have wudu. Finish the prayer. Pray again. Pray again. Yeah. Why? What about you? Well, from the beginning. From the beginning? Actually, yeah. Okay. Think about it. Go on. Think about it. The, the prayer from the beginning wasn't valid at all. I, I, it's Correct. The prayer wasn't valid at all. Yeah. If he had passed when yeah. during the middle, at least the first half yeah. was already yeah. valid. Yeah. So yeah, it would 
Okay, everybody online, I want to hear your answers before I put my thingy, put your, your, your thingy forward. Uh, Bilal saying it would be difficult to bring everyone back to the masjid to perform the prayer the prayer everyone is gone. Bilal, we don't need to get everyone back to the masjid. He can just do the prayer. So that, that can't be used as an excuse. Sajda cannot be done if the rukun are missing. Correct, we're not talking about rukun missing. The person behind someone else doesn't need to make two sajda. That's correct, yeah, but that's something else. So like when Imam passes gas, if they realize they don't have wudu, they can push, yeah, yeah, that's what, exactly what they do doing, Nether. Yeah. So if, if you find out on the spot, pray again. But why? That's what everyone here is saying, and that's what, why? What do you mean? I mean, there's a difference between passing when in the middle of it and not having wudu right from the beginning of it. Why? What's the difference? Passing when in the middle of it means that you had wudu no, oh, sorry, passing the wind. Yeah. Okay, but you don't know that. He doesn't turn around and say, I just passed wind. So, what's the question? The question, the question, the que no, the question is, he didn't have wudu. It doesn't, it doesn't matter why he didn't have wudu. Right, he didn't have it. If he didn't have wudu from the beginning. Listen, you, he's not going to tell you that. You're not meant to ask that. He can't remember that. All he's turning around and saying to you is, I don't have wudu. Why? Why pray again? Because he's at home wudu. Your prayers are valid. Because his is the shurut are fulfilled from the beginning. The shurut are not fulfilled from the beginning. Yeah? That's what common sense says. Yeah? Everybody agreed that? Yeah? We've got Mustafa saying continue. For, if you find out on the spot, pray again. Sarah is agreeing with you. Mustafa said continue from where you are if you are in the prayer. Where you are from if, uh, if you are in the prayer. Blah, 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 blah. I, I put to you... Does you grab the person behind him, isn't it? If you've, got, if you've only just passed one, you grab the person behind and make them go in the prayer in, in the position. Who told you that this is linked to passing wind? Look, you just said that he might. We don't know if he's... Exactly, you don't know. So then it's up to them. What he needs to do is bring someone forward. If he hasn't broke... So if, if he turns around, if he turns around in the middle of the prayer, and he goes, I don't have wudu, right? right? What are you meant to do? Exactly that, but he doesn't have to tell you. Okay. If he if he goes, oh, you know, if he just holds his nose, he's got a nosebleed, for example, whatever X Y Z blah blah blah. If he didn't have wudu from the beginning, you don't know that. Someone else comes forward and leads the prayer. Done, prayer is finished. Everyone's happy, yeah? Okay. Well, well, you you lot said that the guy didn't have wudu from the beginning. So how? What about the first two rakaah then that was prayed? Huh, Lala? No, can't change your answer now. I was thinking that they would come down with responsibility of their own. As in, if he knew has to tell everybody all the details. Not to tell him all the details, but if he knew from the beginning, like he hadn't had it from beforehand, he tells them, it's all right, we need to repeat the prayer. And if he's broken it in between, the then he'll go and grab someone and bring them forward and get them to complete the prayer. Let's say that I'm leading the prayer. Really You're leading the prayer. Yeah, so you realize mid-prayer, I never did wudu. Which, by the way, for all of you lot and you're passing the wind, is 99% of the time of this situation. Okay. <laughs> Don't put yourself in the 1%, bro. 99% of the time, bro. People are not passing wind in the prayer, bro. What are you on about? It's almost always that you forgot to make wudu. Okay. Yeah. Yes, as the Imam, yeah. Okay. Would I do that in that situation or would I stop everyone saying, I didn't have a move to start again? 
I wouldn't at all. Yeah. What have they done? What have they done? But if they're based off yours. They're, but not because of some obvious mistake. Like him, him being a kafir. So, I agree. I agree. I agree. Once you're telling them, the stakes have been upped. And that's where the debate is. That's why I said to you before, when, 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 at the beginning of the lesson, I said this is an issue that the scholars differed over when it comes to the issue of when you've been told. If, they, if he turns around and tells you this is the score, whatever, whatnot, versus afterwards. Now, afterwards, pretty much all the scholars are okay with it. Pretty much. You're still not okay with it, by the way. I stick to your line because you said... Even if he tells you one whole day later, he never, you said it as well, he didn't fulfill the conditions of the prayer. He had no wudu. No, I said it. No, but then the people are ma'adhul because then how is he going to tell every person that turned up for the. Piece of cake, I just told you, put it on a WhatsApp group. Oh, come on, I mean, I'm, I'm not my WhatsApp group. Don't worry, we'll make sure. We'll make sure that you are. We're going to assume 100%. Mr. Jumma'ah, I think Yeah, yeah. Let's assume that there is a WhatsApp group. Everybody finds out. It doesn't matter what's up, group, not group. They, you know, this kind of situation, they make announcements. They can they make announcements. Actually, it happened in my room. Right? Uh, there you go. But they made us pray. He made pray again. Uh, but then, bro, Dewandis and Darul behavior is a madness. I remember, you know, the worst thing about praying behind Dewandis in a Dewandi masjid in Ramadan? If they make a mistake in the Taraweeh, sometimes they make you pray, they, they pray the two rakahs again. That's madness. Huh? But why though? That's a crazy one. You forget, uh, you might make a mistake. He corrects you. And at the end, yeah, you know what? That was like one or two mistakes too much. Prayer to Raka again. You're like, no way, man. It was torture enough as it was. Listen. Yeah, and now I've got to pray the two again? Right. Okay. With that, it's not hearing, so I have to... Uh, repeat the uh, uh, questions. I thought I was repeating it as much as, as I possibly could. Anyway, um, also the Imam is also what Thana said is very correct. The Imam didn't know either from the beginning. That's also an important part here. So then, what did the Imam do from the beginning? Ma'adur, there's no doubt that there's there's no doubt. Okay? Now, as I said, the scholars they differed. Okay? The scholars they differed and. Um, the scholars differed and the, uh, you know what's funny? <laughs> you know what's hilarious? The last couple of lessons, the amount of complaints online that we can't hear you and all we can hear is the audience. All we can hear is the audience, all we can hear is the audience. Now, you know what they're saying? We can only hear you and we can't hear the audience, we can't hear the audience. You know, custom people. It doesn't matter how many valleys of gold you give them, yeah? I'm telling you, man, these people, man, honestly, I'm only kidding. I, I, we try, I'm trying my best. I know it's not nice when you can't hear the conversation. I am trying to repeat the, uh, I am trying to repeat the conversation. By the way, I've done some major new technology here. Look at this. Okay, look. We are connected via all this behavior and uh, got... Uh, Thingamajig here and thingamajig here, the kind of missions just so that people don't complain about the rest of the folks. Honestly, man. Straight to camera, ignore your dice <laughs> for one hour. Honestly, man. Right. So, uh, you were part of that crowd not too long ago, Marina. Don't forget that. 
Yeah, when we were getting complaints about other people. Right, so, 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 so. Uh, anyway, um, uh, so just to say that this is why the scholars differed. It's not easy. There's no obvious any point. Like the, the argument that I was, um, uh, the argument that I was uh, putting forward was that when the imam turns around and says, I don't have wudu, right? That's more than what's obligatory. He can turn around and say anything, actually. I've lost my mind. I can't do this. By the way, recently that's what happened. I think I spoke about it a couple of weeks ago, that one, someone was leading a group of people and halfway through, in the middle of prayer, he turns around and goes, I can't do this. Like mentally, he had like a panic attack. Right? So he's not required to tell the people. Right? What needs to happen is that the imam is chosen to be an imam so that he knows what to do in a situation. So he's meant to turn around and lead and say, you lead. Or he's in a gathering in which the people at the front are able to deal with it themselves. It's got nothing to do with him turning around and giving you full details that 12.55 I made with and that 12.58 I farted or whatever. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's not required to say that. You don't know. So when he turns around, he goes... Most of the times I don't have wudu. We don't know whether it wasn't from the beginning, whether he passed away in, not whatever. And also what we know is that we don't make up those two units. We carry on from where that prayer is. That's with someone coming forward. That's with someone coming forward and, and carrying on. So, so the point is, is that if you say, yeah, but that's because someone else has finished off the prayer, you still can't get past the part that the first two were invalid because they weren't there in the first place. And yet we've accepted those two units. And if we're accepting those two units, then the scholars that said you don't need to repeat the prayer said, well, if you accepted the two units, then you might as well accept then. You accepted two units from a guy who did not fulfill the conditions of the prayer. And what's wrong with now accepting four? The only difference between the two is that you're not allowed to hide the knowledge. So he only became aware after four. We accept the four. He only became aware after two. We accepted his two and two more were then made up by somebody else. You get my point? So that's why in my heart, I would not believe that you need to repeat the prayer again. But heck yeah, am I repeating the prayer if my Modbi turns around and says, I didn't have wudu because I'm a pack. There's not a pack on this planet that's not standing up yet and saying, yeah, you know what? I'm praying that again. Do we have examples from the time process? No, we don't have. I, I don't know of a hadith in which the news of the wudu X Y Z happened after the completion of the taslim. Not before, like during the during the prayer. So the hadith of yes. So then, can we use that? Actually, numerous cases from the Sahaba and the Prophet sallallahu This this aspect of fiqh, this chapter in fiqh concerning yani, the, uh, uh, the completion of the prayer when the imam goes is something that all the schools agree upon. It's not something controversial. We are obviously using the, the, the losing of the wudu halfway through as the evidence. But if you think about it, it's not very strong an evidence for what we want it for. What are we trying to... Uh, uh, what we're trying to prove, we're trying to prove that the whole thing is, is going to be just accepted without another guy coming in who is in wudu to save it. 
it's not straightforward. It's not easy. Exactly, Zara. Yani, it's just that you feel a bit weird yani, in that scenario. If a person prayed again, I think it'd be okay. But do I think it's obligatory? What was the whole point of praying behind the Imam in the first place? What's the advantages? This is the advantage. It's the reason we do it. Right? Anyway, so that's uh, uh, that. Another scenario. Mas'ala. If the Imam is a fasiq in your opinion, but he's not a fasiq in his opinion. <laughs> I like this. So for, but, uh, but this is actually more common than you may think. Yeah, like smoking. Yeah, yeah. Smoking is an obvious example. I mean, I, I think that legally smoking is probably makroo, but I think practically with medical background, it should be seen as haram. That's my personal position. Now, if it's makroo only, then you're not a fasiq. And if, you're, if you think it's haram, then you're fasiq. So he's a, a, a cigarette smoking imam, right? What's the situation here? And obviously the answer is that you pray behind him. You pray behind him, okay? It's not possible to do this, yani, to make tabdiya or to you know, consider a person to be a disaster based upon uh, this. Otherwise, it would be a, a real problem. One time I led uh, a Maghrib Salah, but I forgot that I was on Salah holiday. <laughs> that's, that's the best way of calling period, honest to God, man. I finished the salah and remembered much later that I was on salah holiday. We went back and forth and in the end, the salah was not repeated for everyone else. And this is my opinion, personally, Ahlam. This is, like, personally, I mean, this is what I feel is the correct position. If I'm praying behind you, I'm, I'm going to pray again because I'm a pack. Yeah, because I'm just paranoid pack, like every other pack is when it comes to things like rituals. Yeah, we're not very practicing in the head, but when it comes to yeah, any rituals, yeah, we're mad for that. Yeah? So I think, that, I think that it's valid with their decision not to repeat the prayer, but I'm just saying that people would. How about a scenario? So this has happened to me before. I was leading, there were only sisters behind me, praying behind me, and in the middle of the prayer, my nose just started being out, I ran off. That's what you told them? No, I mean, <laughs> they saw me run off with my hands. So you were, were leading the prayer, there's only women behind you, and then your nose started bleeding, apparently, yeah. yeah. So does then one of the sisters come forward and lead the rest of the sisters? Yeah, they just... 100%. That's, they do the same thing. One of the sisters moves to the center of the line, the central sister in the line, or someone yani, who is close and doesn't have to walk four or five steps. They don't go forward like where you are. The woman yani, stays in the line, and she becomes the imam of the, of the rest of the sisters. It is, is it a resp- if a person has incontinence or istihada, etc., is it possible for them to... We're coming to that. Okay, Nada. Is it a responsibility for the Imam to alert everyone who prayed that prayer, even if it is days later? Yeah, you see, this is also yani, a good question. Because the scholars all say, yes, you have to, you have to. I, yani, I, in my heart, I've just got some problem with this. Because if you follow the position that they're not going to repeat the prayer anyway, right? And how's the saying go? What you don't know can't hurt you, right? You tell people that kind of information. It does cause more problems, right? Problem is then, how, if you, which is, then that sounds, that sounds all straightforward and that's it. However, the problem is, is that if you think that, you know, you, you, you know that everyone behind you takes it very seriously, meaning that they follow the position that, you know, they've got to pray again. Then there's a problem there. You're not telling them. 
You know what I'm saying? Even then, I don't think that really he should tell them. Even then. But Allah knows best. It's a very tough one. These issues in which we don't have a direct text and all the ishtihad yani, is all over the place, they're, 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 they're difficult. The 100,000 rewards, what's going on here? The 100,000 rewards with the congregational jama'ah in Mecca. It is applicable only behind the Masjid Imam. Oh my God, no man. This is for, no, it's not jama'ah. Uh, Noreen, it is not jama'ah. A hundred thousand reward is for every single prayer offered in Al-Haram. Nafal or jama'ah. A person who prays jama'ah gets 2.7 million rewards, not a hundred thousand. Okay? We want 27 times a hundred thousand. That's my opinion. Some said it's a hundred thousand across the board. I don't think so. Wallahu a'lam. Right. The next part then. And it's not valid behind a woman. This is obviously referring to the male. So it's not permissible for a male to pray behind a woman. The evidence is that which is narrated from the Prophet Sallallahu This is page 222. La ta That let not a woman lead a man. This hadith though is weak. Narrated by Ibn Majah. Hadith number 1081. So even though the hadith says don't, don't, it shouldn't happen. The hadith is weak. We need to make it clear. However, um, we do have other hadith which indicate that this would be a problem. For example, the hadith of uh, Nabi that no people will be successful if their affair is led by a woman. Yes? Alright? No situation. What was it that you were saying, Tanvir, about with that? Yeah, and uh, rejecting these. Uh, okay, 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 okay. okay. Alright, I was just thought that you said that with that was, was, was got a bit feisty and with this hadith, that's all. Something like that, no? Not this one. Not this one, okay. Not that I would talk, not that I would, not that I would be speaking about you know, anything like that. Um, so this hadith of that a people will never be successful, no people, no nation will be successful if their, their matters are led by a woman. This hadith, of course, is very authentic as Bukhari. And that is normally re referring to the female leader, the female supreme kind of leader situation, etc. Um, Sheikh Uthameen says, I think this hadith is completely fine to use in a jama'ah, in a masjid, in a congregational prayer. This is the mini version of the wider ummah version. There's no doubt about that. That's true. The mosque congregation prayer is a micro uh, version of the ummah being led. Okay? So... Sheikh says that it's therefore not valid for a woman to be their imam. Obviously, there are many other evidences. He says that the Prophet ﷺ said that the best of rows for the women are the back rows, the final rows. Akhiruha. Okay? This hadith narrated by Muslim. And the, be the best rows are the back and the worst rows are the front. And the front means the very, the very first row behind the men. How can the Prophet ﷺ say that's the best row and then allow a woman to lead the prayer right in front of the people right in front of the men impossible I mean literally impossible literally impossible um, yeah, I mean, imagine that we said that this was valid yeah, and we've completely basically refuted the hadith he's saying to us that that's the worst we're saying no actually she deserves the best her being right at the front is where she should be. I mean, astaghfirullah, who could even dare to say something like that? Okay? And then there are other issues of fitna and so on and so forth. So even that point there is not even talking about fitna. It's about how, what have you done to the hadith? You've completely turned it upside down and destroyed the hadith. 
then the fitna issue is a whole separate point, which is of course yani, real. Yeah? So that's the one with the female. وَلَا خُنْثَ لِلْرِّجَالِ And neither a hermaphrodite to lead a man, but it's okay to lead a woman. So the hermaphrodite, now you need to go and type into the notes hermaphrodite and you'll find so much material that we've done because I'm not going to go over that, okay? Uh, I'll just basically say what Sheikh Uthameen says, yani pretty straightforward. وَالْخُنْثَ هُوَ يعني a hermaphrodite is the one who does not know whether he's a male or a female, okay? Um, and the reason for that is because he has male and female private parts, okay? And the urine passes through both of them. Urine passes through both of them. And it also includes hermaphrodites. And hermaphrodite is a big term. There's obviously very specific yani, categories. It also includes that who does not have a penis, does not have a vagina, but only has an anus. Right? And Sheikh says whether the khuntha uh, is here, uh, like uh, amongst these examples, or any other kind of uh, technical way that the, it occurs, and so this would then be bringing in the more controversial categories of uh, hermaphrodites, those that have a dominant um, uh, private part, for example. Or tests show, for example, that they biologically are a woman, but from the outside, something else. You know, like consensus. I don't mean some, you know, I don't mean agenda, LGBTQ, agenda bakwasi, any scientists who are just telling you rubbish. I mean... Like absolutely authentic, legitimate, neutral testing shows that it's like, you know, there's some, something's happened here, right? Whoever. It doesn't matter the form. It doesn't matter the form. Because of the possibility that it is a woman, it, he, she, it, he, she, them, they, because of that possibility that they're a woman, they can't lead a man. But because it's a woman or a man, both who can lead a woman, that's why it's allowed for a hermaphrodite to lead a woman. If they uh, urinate out of one particular thing, then that is, that, that's the sex that they're given. That's old school, right? That's how it used to be done back in day. And, you know, the modern, days can, the modern day forms can uh, be applied to that. Uh, again, we spoke a lot about this issue uh, so you can go back and check and do your research on that. Um, uh, Ibn Qudama al-Muwaffaq, rahmahullah, uh, that, he, uh, that he said, this is very interesting, year three, it's in year three, it's a long time ago, man, eight years ago, full of fitna that was, I'll tell you right now. Um, uh, Ibn Qudama said that he narrated from three, three different types of people. You ready for his description? Okay. Surayabaji, you're dreaming, and Thana, you're dreaming. And both of you together are double, triple dreaming. Okay? Yeah. Why isn't women allowed to lead the men? Why isn't women allowed to be leaders in Ummah? Yeah, okay. Um, so... Um, he said that I am narrated of th from three different people. The first was a person who had a orifice, okay, 
who had an orifice between the front part, meaning where the vagina would be, and the anus. So in between, just one orifice, and urine and feces would come out of it. Because I narrated from one of those people. So no private parts. No sexual organs. I'm speaking like a flipping kid, private parts. No sexual organs. Okay? The second of them. He never had a vagina, never had a penis. Yani had some kind of some appendage, growth basically is what you're saying, some kind of growth in which the urine came out in like spray. May Allah protect us, man. We shouldn't be laughing at this. This is, this is real, man. The third one, it's amazing that he has this amount of detail from the people, by the way. No, but this is, listen, listen. I want to tell you something. Yeah? Our scholars, from the Salaf until the mid times and everything, and up until even last hundred years, right? The amount of detail that they explain these things. And listen, physical details, obvious because you can just show it. But the, the psychological analysis and this and that and the tests and blah, 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 how they, you, what we need to do to be able to ascertain behavior and mood and character and culture. And there are, the scholars are on a different level, bro. And then when it comes to actual field research, different level. Bro, what are you worried about? You're thinking... It's the women part that they understand so well. How the hell did that happen without textbooks, videos, you know, videos and charts and graphs and God knows what, right? Some, because people were straight up when it comes to knowledge, they speak to each other and explain their own details. Ibn Taymiyyah wasn't even married. Madness. It's amazing how much detail they go into about the colour of the period blood in all books of their Absolutely. Crazy. And very, very little input directly from female scholars, but there's no doubt that they are telling their male scholars. No doubt about it. They speak openly about these things. Um, so the third one, no anus, no vagina, no penis. Oh, this is a mad one, by the way. This is a mad one. You ready? He would vomit. The food that would remain in his stomach. Yeah, and what he's saying is that he would eat, digestion would occur, and it wouldn't go out the back, but it wouldn't also become feces. It would just come it's still in a more raw kind of sewage form without going all the way. Huh? Yeah, basically, and he goes at anything else that would be, yani, you know, bloody blah, blah, all mixed up, whatever. Anything else, bile, or, you know, what, instead of going out there, it would come out the mouth. Wallahu ala kulli shayin qadir. And Allah indeed is able to do all things. Um, that's just him saying that there are different types of hermaphrodites. You know what I'm saying? So that's like absolutely right. When we read this thing, we just say, alhamdulillah. Like I said to everybody, man. 
like I've said, always. Always. People, when they speak about the mercy of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, people immediately go to kids, wealth, eyesight, this, that, whatever, whatnot. You don't need to go past the going to the toilet. Just being allowed to go to the toilet when you need to go. That's number one for me. I'm telling you straight right now. Just but forget everything else. Forget family, this, that, blah, blah, blah. There's nothing like that. And that's why, I've said it before, man, you had me at no toilet yani, when it comes to Jannah. That's it. I signed up right there and then. No going to the toilet, no nanda bakwas, whatever, whatnot. Because it is an absolute mission. Category one, it wasn't a category, Sumera, but it's like he said, the guy spoke to me. He said that the first one, he had just a, a hole, an orifice, some form of orifice, one orifice, between where would have been the vagina and the uh, thingy. No penis, obviously, and everything used to come out of it. Second one, he had no vagina, no penis, but he had some kind of thing that sprayed. And then the third one, he had nothing. Um... See, here's the interesting part now. And let's make this the last thing. Yeah? Oh, sugar, we've gone well over time. No, no, we haven't. All right, okay. Amanahmu, Sheikh says. She goes, Amanahmu, as for us, فَقَدْ حَدَّثَنَا بَعْضَ in Uneza, in this part of Saudiya, that some doctors, All right, he's just basically saying that, you know, that's what he said. But for us, some of the doctors told us that there was a person, there are people that are born without any uh, uh, male or female appendage. Yani no, no sexual organs completely. Okay? So, anyway, like I said, if you want more details on the whole hermaphrodite situation, then go back. We discussed it in a lot. We, I think we even showed charts and got all the science books out and everything. So, uh, as I said... Um, a hermaphrodite can lead a woman, can't lead a man. Can a woman lead a hermaphrodite? Can a woman lead a hermaphrodite? Can a woman lead a hermaphrodite? No, because of the possibility of it being a man. Correct. That's it. Because of the possibility of it being a man. Going back to the first thing. Yeah. Get me a pen and I'll thinky. There, I remember reading about there's a nafil or a hadith where the Prophet tells either I think his wife or one of the companions, female companions, to leave at her home and she had a male slave. That's her. right. So they use this as an evidence to say that. That's right. This is the only evidence, of course, that they have as a. Uh, 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 as some kind of narration, also as some kind of um, uh, basis, and actually, not just, uh, not just. I mean, in our modern time, that's only used by liberals or modernists or whatever. or whatever. Yeah, some um, But actually, some of the Salaf accepted that as well. Yes, yeah, so I remember reading. No, yes, Sufyan accepted it. Okay, and other scholars as well. But not for the obligatory prayers. They put conditions down. They basically did exactly what the Prophet ﷺ did. Not obligatory prayers. Night prayers and occasional prayers. 
Number one. Number two, they had no Quran. Number three, they were her property. Servant. So there's a lot of, yeah, and obviously when I say property, I mean like there's the aura situation is different, etc., etc., etc. Right, let's take some questions. Uh, where didn't we get to? Uh, could that lead to losing? Suraya, what is the Qadar prayer? I, I didn't uh, re realize what is Qadar. Could that lead to losing trust in the Imam if the Imam is not telling people, you know, what's happening and whatever, whatnot? But they don't know it, so how do they know whether they're losing trust in him or not? If you don't know what you missed out, how are you losing trust? You know what I'm saying? Allah Alam. Can a mother lead her prepubescent son in prayer? Can a mother lead mother lead her prepubescent son in prayer? If yes, would the mother stand behind and would she make jahar of the qira of the Quran? The jahar is depending upon the prayer. And the, if it's a child, then that's okay. If it's prepubescent, then the child is not the only being thing anyway. I think for, but shouldn't be done as, as, a, as a habit, it should be done for purposes, yani reasons. When you talk about someone shaving being fasic last week, what did you mean? Is someone being clean shaven? Correct, yeah. I mean clean shaven. Someone shaving clean is doing a haram, major haram act. That's not, not something which is permissible. Why isn't women, why aren't women allowed to be leaders in the ummah? They can be leaders in the ummah. Why isn't a woman why isn't a woman allowed to lead the men? What in Suraya? Are we talking about the prayer? We've spoken about that. That's impermissible because of the hadith and the, the thing of fitna. If you mean what is the meaning of the hadith of Bukhari, then I don't want to get into that because that creates a massive discussion which we have discussed, I think, maybe about fifteen times. I think. Although Liz Trust would be a really good proof. <laughs> but then I know she wouldn't be, to be honest. No, 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 honestly, God, there, there, there are some clever women out there. Liz Truss was, without doubt, the dumbest human being I have ever seen in my life. Like, I want to put to you, yeah, that, you know, I told you before, well, people know that I love Have I Got News For You. And Have I Got News For You, like, about seven years ago, five years ago, I was watching it randomly, and... You know, when they play clips of the funniest things of the week. And I remember the Liz Truss was talking about the cheese and uh, uh, on, on screen. And she did this like, <laughs> this weird thing with her face and held it at the camera. And honestly, I died inside. I never in my life, in my human existence, saw any person pull off anything that looked so embarrassing, so pathetic, so stupid. So the second I realized that she was the leader, leading candidate, and thinking, my mind couldn't compute anymore. I realized that, you know what, wallahi, it's true. We only get what we deserve. We only get what we deserve. Honestly, as human beings, yani if we, we voted for Brexit, stupid idiots that we are, we deserve to be in the economy, be any complete mess. We put Liz Trust in power. We put back Boris Johnson into power. You know what? Human beings have got nothing to complain. Anything that happens to them. Right. So that's not nothing to do with women. She was just yeah, Where would the Khunta stand in the congregation if we can't determine their gender? With the men or women or in their own role? Actually, they, that's a good question. Yusuf and the scholars did say that they should be in their own role if they are known to be hermaphrodite. Meaning that they can't determine their gender. Okay. Um, did you say that before with that? 
the number of hermaphrodites in the world is similar to the number of redheads. I don't, you know, with that, I need. That's very hard to believe with that. We need some proof. Number of redheads. Gingers. Gingers. I don't know where you get that one from with that. Honestly, we need proof of that. Um, yeah. Um, let's see. Are we saying it's makruh to create the other person? If remember, this is this is all about going. It's not about well, certainly makruh to put that person first. Remember when we're talking about the categories of can you pray behind this person, can you pray behind that person? This is all after you've applied where who who you should pray behind. And then when you get to the dregs, I mean like the flipping dregs at the bottom of the barrel, then we're going to put the fasik forward. So it's not good to start with such a person. So, so I mean, for example, in the prison that I work at, yes. when I'm not there, one of the prisoners has to then be No, that's something different. In a prison, yeah, where there's all, you know, they're all in there and they're all, you know, whatever. Obviously, I mean, you know. And, but even in a prison, you've got those that, that are, you know, worse, than the, worse than the others. Of course there are, yeah. Yeah. Islam is a patriarchal religion. Asking why women can't lead is like... <laughs> it's, it, asking why women can't lead is like asking why children can't parent adults. It's just nonsensical and out of the question. <laughs> you know the problem with that? You don't even know whether she's being serious or not. That's it. Honest to God. I have no idea. Right. It's children... <laughs> oh, with that, with that, with that, with that. It's children in need day. And many establishments are... Is that children, is it children need day today? It's yeah, a Friday. You know Isn't it on Friday normally? Yeah. You know they're putting that quarter of a billion pounds towards helping children who are LGBTQ and stuff like that. Don't say... Oh, that's what, that's what Hibber's asking. Yeah. It's children in need day. Many establishments are collecting for it. Is that what put, put They've there? announced that they'll be donating 2.6 million pounds, 37 out of over 2,000 projects to projects supporting LG, LGB, blah, 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 and gender identity in youngsters. What should our position to be on donating? Don't. Especially when kids have events to raise funds in school. Don't. That's it. If you can avoid doing it, then avoid it. Oh my goodness. Amnesty. Now, I don't trust Amnesty in this. I need someone yani, less invested in this bakwas than Amnesty. Om Ibrahim, let me tell you a golden rule. Anybody that calls the, the, the uh, hermaphrodites intersex, yeah, I'm not trusting a word from their mouth. Simple as that. Simple as that. Okay. Uh, Sumera says, need to know if the semi-bowing done whilst maintaining eye contact with one's, opponent, with one's opponent in Taekwondo is permissible and permissible. I believe it to be permissible. I believe it to be permissible. Wallahu a'lam. Um, and that's it. And that's it. All right, guys, we're going to call it a day. Redheads are rare. They're not, with that, they're not, they're so not. Redheads, they're not rare. I mean, they're rare, obviously. Yeah. By the way, with that saying, she's serious, which I can believe. That there's as many redheads. No, that Islam is a patriarchal religion. Oh, she's been serious. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. And I, do, I thought she was as well. But the thing is, is that she could have chosen a more, a more <laughs> less jarring word than patriarchal, which doesn't have much, yani, whatever. All right, last question. No more questions, guys. Would a modern day transgender who has changed their gender through surgery, okay, and then after that accepted Islam, fall under the same ruling as a khuntha? whose gender we can't determine with regards to things like Jum'ah, 
and where to stand in prayer. I've heard the surgery is irreversible. Um, so he's done a major sin. And now he's become somebody else for all intents and purposes. And now his sin is forgiven because he become Muslim. No, he can't physically change. Can't, can't change but biologically, there'll still be a. Mess. Yeah, no, physically, I mean. Physically. Yeah, it's irreversible. Yani, whatever he's done yeah, is irreversible. Well, he's still alive, he changes, yeah. 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 Yeah, because No, but his question is just different. He goes, that Do we deal with him as a khuntha whose gender we can't determine with regards to things like Juma? But he's told them that though, right? He's already told you that this is a situation. Mm. When he tells you, then you can determine. And so therefore he should go to where he's being, uh, where he's identifying himself as. All right? He should go to where he's being ident identifying yourself as. If I touch the cat, I get perfume on my hand, do I need to give fidya? Then in my opinion, um, if you were unaware, did it by mistake, then you don't. But if you knew that there was a chance because you know, and uh, you were touching it and you knew there was a chance, then it's safer to give a fidya. But in my opinion, you don't need to give fidya. This is not something that you were aware of or understood or whatever. You've got to be aware of the mistake to be able to be held accountable for it when it comes to Umrah, in my opinion. There's no doubt, though, that to give a fidya is a safer position. Wallahu ta'ala a'lam wa jazakumullahu khairan. Next week, guys, again, not at Shido, online, um, 7.50 p.m. UK time. And uh, drop me some feedback in, the, uh, in here on exactly the quality of the sound and, uh, and the like. Although, to be honest, it's not going to be bad, is it? Because I mean, it's absolutely silent. No, but it's silent and there's a lot of people in the other one and whatever. <laughs> All right, guys. Barakallahu feekum. Zakumullah khair. Subhanakallahu bihamdik. Ashadu an la ilaha illa antu astaghfirukallahumma wa atubu alaykum. Wassalamu alaykum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuhu. Take care, folks. Have a good weekend.